You hearing bang, bang, click, click, boom, you done dinner. I'm the one winner, one shot, zoom, I pump shakers, yo, yo. Gunslinger better run, run. You do, do, getting put down one, one by one. Bang, bang, ah, coming with the ring, ah. Call me unethical, I'll kill you with a hanger, baby. Call me major pain, cause I'm coming with a hammer, baby. Coming for your brain, you so pretty that I bang it, baby. I'm the sneaker, the Air Force 3 with the heater. Pump air, hear the bass, I'm locking down your diameter. If you run, then I chase you. When the shit goes down, y'all better be ready. When the shit goes down, y'all better be ready. When the shit goes down, y'all better be ready. When the shit goes down, y'all better be ready. Dirty dozen over Bronson. A masculine motherfucker is aiming for the Johnson. Black light hero, I got so many zeros. I'm ready for a grudge match on a The difference between a tire and 365 used condoms. One is a good year and one is a great year. And joining us from Cast from XL, who do we have? Howdy, homies. Sid Swami. I can't believe that we're still saying from cast from exile though. Like that's gotta be the most obscure reference, like even more obscure than magic and hash at this point. I'm pretty sure. I say I'm from Aethercast. What the fuck is Aethercast? I was on there for like two episodes. My alma mater. 
introducing our special guest this evening, a streamer that I've been checking out for a couple of months now and who I feel is doing something really cool and unique in the MTG community uh, is our boy Waya Paints. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Part of our new sponsorship deal with SpiderTrader.net was that <laughs> we got connected with uh, Wyatt Paints, who's a part of the Spider Trader Network. <laughs> so maybe we'll hear a commercial from them later. Um, of course, everybody <laughs> remembers our old sponsor, Comet Cola, and how that worked out. And luckily, um, we were able to flee the country in time, but we can't return. And, no tradition. Uh, that's nice. Fuck yeah, Comet Cola. This shit's insane. I've never had so much energy. I feel like I can fly. I'll run to the top of this building and jump off. But I won't. Instead, I'm gonna smoke meth until fucking tomorrow morning. I love Comet Cola. My boyfriend used to hit me until I got some Comet Cola. Now I beat the shit out of him. Comet Cola's the shit. Don't fuck with us. Because this shit will get you hyped. Comet Cola. The number one leading brand and fucking shit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> Why you do like uh, a bunch of magic altars and stuff like that, foils, and you give them away on stream? That's that's cool. So what's what's the name of your Twitch stream so people can find that? Well, it's it's Why Paints, just exactly how it sounds, except for it's like spelled in Japanese. So W <laughs> W A I Y A Paints. And you can find me on Twitch streams, and we give away uh, foil MTG proxy cards once a month, the first Sunday of every month. And yeah, I take suggestions from anybody in the stream of different cards they'd like to add into their EDH decks, because it's all for casual and fun cards and fun altered art that they like to see. We make it, and then we give them away every month. That's awesome. So how dirty do you get with some of your alters? Do you you know like put tits on, on some of the cards or what? Well... Yeah, well, some of them. Some of them are fairly risque. Definitely, some of them are definitely uh, in the category of too sexy for standard. But I, I saw a thirst for knowledge today that was very thirsty. Like, it was the thirstiest thirst for knowledge that I've probably ever seen. Well, when you get that wet, you don't want to keep those clothes on. You get hyperthermia. So that was just a healthy thing to do. You know. <laughs> so you obviously play Magic. What other games do you play? You I, What was that game you were playing on stream tonight? That looked really sweet. Well, Slay the Spire, yeah. Um, it was a, it's a, um, a turn-based rogue-like deck-building RPG. It just gets jams as many of those genre names in there as much as it can. But yeah, Slay the, Slay the Spire. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It looked like there was some deck-building aspect of it somewhat, but it looked more kind of like a Hearthstone kind of-ish, maybe? Uh, well, it, 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 I guess it can be reminded of Hearthstone just because there is no traditional magic casting costs but um it it feels like if you've if you've ever played a deck builder which is more of a uh cardboard and tabletop game genre um it'd be very similar where you you start with a small amount of cards in a basic deck and build up as you go as you add cards as you go along the adventure to me slay the spider reminded me a lot of Mega Man (laughs) battle network for uh game boy advance so like right away i was just like oh this shit's on because Mega Man battle network was my jam 
Dude, I love that game. So this game, Slay the Spire, how long have you been playing this game? Is it like, is it pretty new or not? Yeah, it's pretty, fairly new. It just came out, it's in early access on Steam. Um, I think it came out like a, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, I saw something about it about a week ago and I've been paying about about four days and I gotta say, worth the 15 bucks, I'll say. I'm glad. Good purchase. Along with doing art and stuff like that, how much do you follow like magic like sets and stuff like that as it come out? Well, honestly, it's it, it it comes down to I realize a lot of my time gets split up in, into playing video games, playing magic. And so I, I don't have the time to devote and know about every set that comes out and which cards I'm excited about. So usually when a new set comes out, I look at what the flavor is and go, hey, do, does this flavor excite me? And I was like looking at Rivals of Ishland, it was dinosaurs and pirates. And I was like, yes, give me dinosaurs and pirates. <laughs> When they, when they announced it, I was super skeptical, though. I was like, is this going to be some fucking toy train bullshit? But it was it was actually pretty cool. I liked it. It worked out. It worked out just fine. I only have to worry about magic when they start putting in laser guns. I'm like, all right, maybe they're out of ideas. Yeah, like space. Space travel for or some shit like that. You're like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, well, my legacy is weapon that. is kind of a laser, right? Like the in the Urza's block, things got pretty futuristic. Um, yeah, and innovation, so stuff like that. They like kind of like brush against like steampunkish type things, but everything is still kind of like in the old school tradition. I think they, they like to follow some sort of like history path with each one of their sets, which is fine and all, but I guess you have to build from somewhere. You can't just come up with some weird alien theme. Totally could. Phyrexia is like aliens. Slivers. You they're very like H.R. Geiger-esque, you know, like in design and shit. With the design of these recent sets, though, it feels like the sets have been designed about where the authors want to take the storyline from the novels. Because, I mean, th they do do interesting ideas, but it's like it seems like the novel storyline is more important than the game at this point. I kind of agree with that, too. And it's like whenever I go down to the shop, it's like that's what everyone's really interested in the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you realize this is just about a bunch of wizards playing cardboard. Let's do this. So have you actually like ever met somebody that was super into like the lore and Vorthos type stuff? Because I've met those yeah. people. Before. I think every shop has one. At least one. Yeah, definitely. Each shop has one. People come and talk to me about it when I go down the shop, and it's like, ugh, you know, they got him again. Jesus, always getting captured. That fucking manger. It's fuck. one guy. One guy. And his ears burn as soon as anybody starts talking about lore, and he's like, ah, and he comes over. Actually, the return of Nickel Bolas. Oh, man, dude. Bro, I'm just here to like take five shots out in the alleyway, wreck some noobs, and go home. Next, next spring, we're returning to Dominaria. I've waited like 12 years for this. This is the culmination of a lifetime's worth of diligence. I know, he went through 12 years of shitty sets till they can finally return to his sweet Dominaria. <laughs> when we get back to Dominaria, we haven't returned there since revised set, guys. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> it was back when I got my first boner, but 
Squirrel, squirrel said she's gonna touch it someday. As soon as, as, soon as we return to Dominaria. She's married now, but I, I'm gonna hold her to it. I got my first boner when I saw Lord of the Pit's nipples. I didn't know how to feel about that. Yeah, there were some cards that are a little scantily clad, I have to say. Bloodstained mire brings back a few memories. Sorry, ladies, in my high school years. Whew. The, oh. uh, so, I want to talk about the Pro Tour real quick and how a Hearthstone deck went top eight. A Hearthstone deck? What do you yeah, mean? Uh, it's Red Black Hollow One. And uh, it plays four of Burning Inquiry, which is uh, this. Tim Tim fills in the card names later, so I'll have to do that. Burning Inquiry. One red for a sorcery. Each player draws three cards, then discards three cards at random. Four of Goblin Lore. Goblin Lore. One and one red for a sorcery. Draw four cards and put them into your hand. Then discard three cards at random from your hand. So basically there's just like a bunch of dice rolling and you know like random shit just like in Hearthstone and like maybe you can luck out and play like you know two or three four fours on turn one or you know Hollow One. Five colorless for a four four artifact creature golem. Hollow One costs two less to cast for each card you've cycled or discarded this turn. Cycling two colorless. The I guess the nuts is like four four fours on turn two with uh no well with goblin lore you would discard three cards so yeah you could probably play like three of them what i like to see is that there's kind of a return of like a pyromancer style deck where there's a lot of like just cheap spells you got pyromancer and they're running bed bedlam reveler but um yeah man so young pyromancer really did show up at this pro tour like i think that he's finally got the stuff he needs to like get in there yeah i like any of those token strategies there was even kind of like a mardu build with uh you know lingering souls we're sticking around yeah, that was Jerry Thompson, dude. Jerry Jerry teased the shit. There was also a blue-red one, which was more of a snapcaster build. Ah, you see there, Doug? The reason he's catching so much fish is because he's using snapcasters. Hmm. Put dinner on the table with brand new snapcasters. Snapcaster and all properties fall under Swami Corp. All trademarks, copyrights, null and void. And Reed Duke, man, this guy playing Abzan, like the old deck, like everybody's playing fucking uh, Grixis Death Shadow now. It's like the superior kind of deck in that archetype of like mid range. But Duke's like, okay, man, I'll admit that Jund is bad now, but I'm still going to play Abzan. It's got to be Jundy. I just, he's just a Jund guy. Do you think that's kind of like getting all drunk and calling your ex girlfriend? Don't you think you should just, like, let it go? And it also depends on how drunk you are and how hot your ex was. Well, what about with Infect, dude? Like, you know, you love Infect, and if you're going to the Pro Tour, like, that's what you play, right? There's this new Humans deck that looks pretty good, but I I think, you know, the classic Death Shadow deck, it's pretty fast and, and aggressive. I didn't see a lot of that in the top eight, so I think people were kind of prepared for that. All right, Wyatt, if you were going to the Modern Pro Tour, like, what's your modern deck? What what would you take to the Modern Pro Tour? 
personally, I like I, I like going back to my favorite, which is Dredge, because I think there's going to be less hate for the graveyard and more hate for specifically uh, 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 Hollow One and also uh, land removal because Tron has been a lot more present, especially online. I would definitely go with Dredge, personally. That's a good idea. Do you think traditional white-black tokens has a place again? Or even Bogles? Hmm. Well, there was a Bogles deck at the Pro Tour, but uh, it made day two, but, you know, like, lost out pretty quickly in day two. It's just one of those decks that if, if go unchecked, or if people don't bring in, uh, bring too much enchantment removal or don't see it, you just, like, breeze over... Like really good decks. Well, the thing is, is you would bring Bogles to a tournament like the World Championships, where you know that like a bunch of people are gonna want to be playing decks like Jund and Control, and uh, have like a lot of targeted removal and stuff. But taking it to a big tournament like the Pro Tour, it's just too. Um, there's just too much variance. You want to play a deck that's really fucking consistent, like Burn or Tron or Scape Shift, you know, just something where you can almost kind of play it on autopilot and just rack up as many wins as you can. Better lucky than good, right? Right. And and the thing is with Infect nowadays, there's there's too many answers for those early creatures. You used to have, you know, cards to kind of like wait for your opportunity and then go for it. But now I, I bring in a lot more like one mana plus four plus four. And I just go all in on the guy as soon as they're tapped out. I don't feel that strategy is strong enough in a bigger tournament either. It's kind of just like I can strike while the iron's hot a couple of times and maybe walk away with some packs, but I I only like infecting people in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, so I guess like one last thing, and you know, I hate to get like this because why is on here tonight and shit's supposed to be fresh, but I gotta go on a shoot real quick. The winner of the Pro Tour won with Lantern Control deck. And fucking Lantern Control is the most stupidest fucking dweeb bullshit ever. It is not magic. It is adjacent to magic. And if you play it or think that it's cool, then we're not friends anymore. (laughs) It's pretty terrible. You're at the, like, mercy of the top of your deck, and they can fuck with the top of your deck as well. You're just like, fuck. Big bucks, no whammy, stop! Fuck, fuck, fuck. All right, after the fifth one, I need to get lucky here. Fuck. It's like 8-Rack, and I hate playing magic like that, where you're just nothing to do, no, not, no cards in hand, and your opponent's just like, go. It's like, I fucking hate that. Nightmare matchup. Yeah. Well, Sid, you've played Tron in the past. What would you play in modern right now? I think I'd probably want to stick with Tron. I w- I've been wanting to try Eldrazi Tron. That looks pretty sweet. But honestly, if I was qualified for the Pro Tour, I'd probably just go to Star City and see if like they have a team that I could work with. And I'd probably just play whatever the team told me to. Because like, I'm not like dialed in as far as it goes with Modern. I don't really play a lot of it. So I would definitely want to... like. Uh, gain that knowledge and that's a cool thing about the pro tour now is that you know a lot of teams are getting together hi everyone um this is a really fun welcome song and we're gonna sing it for you the more we get together 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 the more we get 
together, the happier we'll be. You know, uh, hallelujah. 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 Latin was, you know, the guy that the champion of the pro tour, he was on a team and he was able to test with these people that are really good at magic. And maybe he wasn't that good at magic. He just got really lucky, but the testing with his teammates maybe the team aspect of pro tour kind of shuts out it as a dream for the average player to go, Oh, I can, I can learn how to play magic and get better at my local shop, get better and get to a GP and then get into the pro tour and maybe become a pro unless you have the resources. Now at this point, what it takes to maintain that status. I mean, it's, it's a pipe dream unless you get on one of these teams. Well, I think that you have to get in the scene and get seen by people in order to get on these teams. So it is a grind, dude. Like, you know, you're just showing up, you see the same guys over and over again, and you find you're in. The, Sean McLaren, for the longest time, I mean, this guy's a pro tour champion. He never was part of a team. He just recently started to get on teams like in the past two or three years. And honestly, he hasn't done that well in the past, like two or three years. I think the last time that he had like a day two was maybe pro tour Kaladesh or something like that. You got to go to the GPs and grind and shit a lot like that. Honestly, I think you got it figured out, man. Streaming's the way to go. Like grinding tournaments, that's an outdated scene. I think in the next like 20 or 30 years, they'll probably do away with uh, GPs altogether and probably just have stuff on like Magic Online or Magic Arena if that turns out to be like pretty successful. Well, I mean, are brick and mortar stores going to be around in 20, 30 years? I mean, it's hard enough for them to stay in business today. You know, even looking at terminate prices, it looks like Magic Online's already geared up to be the replacement. I know everything seems to be moving into like a digital world, but when I got back into Magic, I wanted to go down to the shop and like wreck people with my deck and shit. Hey, Tim, nice deck. I think there'll there'll always kind of be at least a kitchen table scene. There's going to be physical cards no matter what. I, I, I think it's going to be harder and harder to run like a card shop and stuff like that. It's going to have to be like a card and video game shop or they'll kind of have some, have some sort of gimmick. But if it, there's only one in like the general area, it's going to be huge. A huge surtax. Because it's like people are going to travel to get there. Well, I'm not saying that they're going to get rid of F&M or anything like that, but I think all competitive magic eventually probably will be digital. I just feel like it's not going to happen anytime soon, but once they come out with this Magic the Gathering arena, I feel like they're putting so much money into this. They're going to try to like really push the digital format of playing Magic the Gathering because it's just so much cheaper to do it that way. To present it? Yeah. And people are into that now. Like, you watch people that are playing, like, Dota or what's another game? Yeah, Hearthstone, League of Legends, like, all this shit. Like, people are into watching that now. And I think that that's how it's going to... I think that's how it's going to go. I mean, the Paper Pro Tour, it does get a lot of views. 
like 30,000 views maybe during the top eight. But then you look at somebody like Kenji. I mean, that guy's always got like a thousand people watching him. And he's broadcasting a lot more than paper magic. And if you mm-hmm. look at like when, you know, they have like random sealed Grand Prix, like people would rather watch Kenji draft than watch like a sealed Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Nobody's watching that shit. <laughs> one, one of the things I think the reason for that is because it's just because it's live paper magic, the process is so slow for digital content. Everything needs to be edited down and given to you and the moment and usually when it comes to like video game or even like Hearthstone broadcast for championship because it's already digital the downtime is so much lower that they can keep on going and keep on going live and where it is with magic they need what six or seven different presenters just to keep information going so that you're not looking at a blank screen waiting for the next round to start magic and ash will be right back after a quick smoke break You know, um, as as a company, though, I mean, don't they make money on these GPs and shit? And how do they amp that without showing live cards? It's kind of like golf, though. It's terrible to watch live. Okay. Tiger Woods steps up to the putt. A hush settles over the crowd. And he makes it. The crowd somewhat claps. But I mean, the pros, they do it fast. They do it well. So like there is some sort of strategy and coolness about it. So it's like, I think they're kind of doing the best thing they can to sell their product because they want to like have people travel to these GPs and put on these big tournaments. But I mean, digitally, how much money can they actually make? Hand and fist over more. I mean, how much money do you think they make at a pro tour? They lose money. The pro tour is a part of their advertising budget because the pro tour creates the dream for the masses because they don't make money off of what the pros spend on magic. They make money off of what everybody else is spending on magic to try to become a pro. You know, so when they showcase them, don't players buy in when they go to the pro tour? Well, yeah, they they do buy in, but their buy ins don't really cover everything. You know, the convention hall, all of the promotional banners, the the coverage, all the TV cameras, all that kind of stuff. It's all goes into an advertising budget because the Pro Tour is an advertisement. No different than the World Series is an advertisement for baseball. Randy Bueller eats a lot, too. That guy <laughs> fucking eats a ton of food. Bring me more cake. So, yeah, I understand that. That money's got to come from somewhere. And Randy's always wearing a nice suit and it's getting bigger and bigger. Well, you don't really see Randy on camera that much anymore. And I feel like, you know, they need to go in a direction of getting some younger people around. Like, yeah, Rich Hagon's okay. Maybe we can keep him around. But Brian David Marshall, like, we don't need to see him anymore. That guy's <laughs> not cool. Um, well, they, they can keep the presenters, but then just think of the overhead they'd save once they move to digital. They don't have to have the dozens upon dozens of judges order order in the court or renting the space as big as it is uh, shuffling is cut down to a minimum so all that time they're paying cameramen to pu- watch people shuffle their deck for 10 minutes 
See, Brian David Marshall is a pure example of somebody who just got in the scene and he knows people. Because, like, who is picking that fucking guy to be a presenter of anything? (laughs) (laughs) He seems like a really cool cat, dude. Like, uh, probably off camera. Probably off camera hanging out with him is a fucking riot. Because he's from New York, so you know he's, like, probably loud and fucking always, you know, swearing and stuff like that. But on camera, he just... He is not cool, man. Like, that is not like a person that is like selling magic cards. Yeah, he's the face of your product and shit. I just feel bad for magic when I see shit like that because it's just like, what else is on? Let me click around. But you take a look at Riley Knight, this guy they've got from Australia. He's a good looking cat, man. Like, he's got a nice looking haircut cool mustache he's hilarious on commentary like when he was uh calling a game in the pro tour with that black red hollow one deck he's like goblin lore gather around children grandma goblin's gonna tell you some stories and like <laughs> i was cracking up dude like he was him and paul Chion were super into that deck you could tell if you're wizards of the coast if you wanted to market all your online games and shit like that wouldn't you like get off of Twitch, make your own like server, like send your own shit out on your own website, and then basically contact Xbox, Netflix, uh, Roku, all these things, and have your own channel? So it's like you could watch coverage of other shit. Instead of having just like some niche plays on Twitch, you have to go search it out or whatever. It seems very tiny where it's like they could really make their presence massive where people are playing their games and they could be like, okay, do I want to watch Magic Stream today? But it's like that all costs money, but that's what you need in today's market. You need to put that shit visible in front of those kids. True, but that's what Twitch gives them. It gives them a cheap way of doing that. And each dollar that they put in Twitch goes directly towards advertising to a bigger demographic of the specific people they're trying to hit. You know, they're not going to throw magic on ESPN because most of the people that are watching are be like, what the hell is this? I'm switching channels. But on Twitch, yeah, they did that they before cheap- and it went terribly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It went horribly. <laughs> they cannot compete with a lot of the content on Twitch. So why even put themselves in that fucking field? Be like, look, Magic is this fucking huge entity. We're over here fucking doing our thing. But now you're like, well, look at all these other fucking games. I'm going to watch this goober, like Nick fucking, what's his name from Star City Games? being like, hey, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, doing your own thing's expensive. Grab them by the pussy. Yeah, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing is, they should be setting themselves apart. Hopefully it works out. But you have some huge shoes to fill, you know? I think they're actually going for the total opposite because I don't know if I'm violating my non-disclosure agreement here, but uh, I've been in the closed beta for MTG Arena for a little over a month now. And it is... Basically, exactly the same as every other like digital trading card game, like Eternal, Hearthstone, you name it, in the way that it is presented, um, the way that things look. But of course, you know, it's magic, so it's distinctly, you know, it's its own distinct game, but the presentation of it is all like very familiar. But, you know, of course, this is a beta model we're working out with here, so there's no telling what the finished product will be. 
do you have like a collection and shit like that? So like, are you going to be, is it going to be kind of like MTGO or is it going to be like pre-constructed shit? It's going to be like pre-constructed. That's, that's basically right now you play uh best of one games, uh, heads up. Um, you can't like challenge anybody. There's no sideboarding. I mean, there are sideboards because of masterminds acquisition, but unless you have a masterminds acquisition, it's pointless to like put a sideboard in your deck. That's weird. But once it gets going, you think they're going to have drafting on there? Oh yeah, for sure, man. They've said they've come out and said that publicly, and I'm sure drafting will start in the beta pretty soon too. But it just you have to grind so much constructed to get packs that drafting's not something that you're going to be able to do for free like all the time. You'll be able to play like as much constructed as you want for free, but if you want to get those packs to draft, you're first of all you're going to have to win. You got to do your quests. What I hate about those games, it's usually like here's a 3 card pack. You know, it's not like MTGO when you purchase a pack, there's going to be one rare. There's going to be, you know, this and that. It's going to it's going to be a, like a legitimate pack. Where you could you could get some value in there, but if it's this pre-constructed bullshit, you're gonna be getting like shitty pack, shitty pack, shitty pack. So a cool thing that they do on there is wild cards. You can uh, you can use your wild cards to make any card you want. Like you get a common wild card, you can use that to make any common you want, or a mythic rare wild card. You know, like I made immortal suns with mine. So it's just cards that exist in the game right or in your deck yeah so it's not like any card in history you can't be like black lotus let's go well it's only ixalan and rivals of ixalan <laughs> so <laughs> but it's any card in those sets yeah yeah wow pretty cool sounds pretty powerful yeah why uh, yeah you want to do some wacky news bro let's do some wacky news magic it has wacky wacky news this is Wacky News. All right, so scientists in Japan have found out that a cure to baldness, and it lies in McDonald's french fries. Researchers at Japan's Yokohama National University used a chemical found in the fries to grow hair follicles on mice. They used the grease from McDonald's fries, so yay McDonald's. Crazy. Yeah, but they still haven't come out with the fucking Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce yeah, that, that they promised. Sauce? Yeah. I'm pickle red. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Yeah, I'd like to get a 10 piece McNugget and uh, a bunch of the Szechuan sauce. Like, as much as you're allowed to give me. As much as you're allowed to give me. As much as you're allowed to give me. Szechuan sauce. Szechuan sauce. And it's delicious. And it's delicious. Szechuan sauce. Szechuan Dude, I was so pissed. There was like no Szechuan sauce for fucking miles. <laughs> yeah, I called all the ones around here. They're like, no, no, we didn't get any of that shit. And it's like, they can cure baldness, but they can't fucking mix together some fucking sauces. Where's my Mulan sauce? <laughs> We're in the future, though. We're curing baldness with french fries. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Couldn't do anything about that cancer, though. 
And everyone's still driving around a, a, a fucking exhaust machine like a rocket, you know? They said it was curing mice baldness, but I don't think I've ever seen, like, talking about oh, those oh. mice that are bald that look like nut sacks? Are they, like, making them grow hair? Yeah, and they don't care about humans. Um, it won't do anything to humans. Are they, like, getting furry tails now? Furry-tailed mice. I think it's just McDonald's paid some fucking Japanese firm or some shit, maybe. It seems pretty fishy. Grab them by the pussy. All right, the next news story. Uh, remember that purple dinosaur that we all grew up with, Barney? Mm. The guy who played Barney is now a tantric sex therapist. All right. I know. He really loves you, and he loves me. That's a great side right. step. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? Is like there's something weird going on there? Do you think oh, no. that he was able to use tantric sex to cure that kid with the hearing aid? <laughs> I don't know. I like that kid with the hearing aid. I wonder what he's doing now. <laughs> Does he still have the hearing aid? Like, he, he got maybe bionic surgery or something? Barney healed him with tantric sex. So does he wear the Barney costume while he's doing the scromping, or is that, like, copyright infringement? Oh, my. I don't know. Do you think, like, that does something to a person, like, recording and being, like, all closeted and, like, in that suit, and you're just, like, hiding your sexual feelings, and then you just, like, once you're out of the suit, you're like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, everybody! <laughs> hey! Oh, my God. I wonder what an anatomically correct Barney suit would even look like, man. Just a massive purple dong. Massive, <laughs> massive dino bone, dude. Massive purple uh, dong with a green head. There it is. Dude, you've <laughs> got to do um, like a proxy Regisaur Alpha that's Barney. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> just have him stomping through like a preschool, <laughs> just crushing it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Or like Carnage Tyrant or something like that. That'd right? be dope. <laughs> That'd be dope. <laughs> Just Barney with a bloody body in his mouth. Right? <laughs> Look at me shit. They've just released um, a second and a third autonomous robot that learns on its own, talks on its own. Like, you've seen the videos on Facebook of, like, the, the, the girl robot that looks shockingly real, and she's just, like, laughing and has weird, like, face aneurysms. She's getting, like, much and much better, like, talking to people and interacting with people. And then there was this other robot that's, like, a dude, and he wears, like, a cowboy hat, which is, like, like their gen- generation two. And they were talking back and forth about, like robotics and they're like but we both love people we want to help people and they're both like smiling and shit all fake like like is this the start of like irobot and shit is is like skynet is real do you think those robot scientists make those robots bang like giddy up cowboy well the thing is like you know like the president and all these fucking huge governments and corporations are going to be able to control fucking whatever the fuck they want but like what happens when they're like go to push the button the robot like turns around and is like oh yeah go fuck yourself you made tons of us you're fucked it's all fucking crazy it seems like a fucking sci-fi movie somebody's fucking that robot I'm pretty sure somebody's fucking that robot <laughs> dude 
I, I, dude, that'd be such a risk, man. Those hydraulics would just take your shit off so fast. Yay! Wouldn't risk it. Wouldn't risk it. Don't you wouldn't want to test Skynet in that way. I think I'd oh. have to risk it for the biscuit, Wyatt. I don't know, man. I live, I live dangerously. That's why they call me Sid LD Swami. The LD is for live dangerously. Tell me it was Little Dick. Uh, oh, never mind. Do you think we should start trying to build a, a, a Arnold Schwarzenegger robot? Is that what you're saying, Sid? I mean, do we need to start now? The fuck? I don't want to fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's all old and gross now. <laughs> But you always see those movies, like, the head of the resistance are, like, some kids in their basement, and they're, like, fucking some conspiracy theorists, and they're like, we knew this was happening, and, like, fucking one kid's eating, like, a Hershey bar, and he's like, oh, yeah, okay, let's get this thing rolling, you know, and, and uh, it's a ragtag team against the government, <laughs> man, let's do this. For sure, man. I'll get some get some Hershey bars. Judgment day. I'll take the, we can get the Arnold Schwarzenegger by just making sure it's the young one that looks like he can fuck some shit up. Right. Yeah. I only need a minute. (laughs) 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 All right. So there's another story here. Bridge to another dimension. Discovered. So basically, in this clip, a narrator details a story about a a haunted overpass in uh, Avon, Indiana. And uh, when things go into it, they disappear and then basically this time traveler has images well 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 well. i traveled (laughs) into the future (laughs) oh shit guys did they have robots you could bang was I gone for a second? Because that was just like instantaneous for me. <laughs> Fuck. Whew. All right. So I was reading this story. And um, so basically, what do you guys think of time travel and shit like that? Do you think this all just like hoaxes and bullshit? Oh, it's real. It's totally real. I've always hated time travel because Sherman and Mr. Peabody would always ruin the Rocky and Bullwinkle show for me. <laughs> Whenever Dudley Do-Right would come on, I would get so hyped because I knew that there would be no Sherman and Peabody this episode. You know what, though? I mean, they always had a solid lesson. Like, don't step on butterflies in any time paradox at all. And also, eat your peas and carrots. Back to the Future (laughs) had quasi-incest in it. I guess that was pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) What? It's only quasi. Because f- I mean, like he wasn't born yet. So. You can fuck your mom, and that's not incest. No. What? I mean, in the past. What? <laughs> oh yeah, in the past. I mean, what? Guys, I have very loose morals. You'd be shocked. <laughs> Kidding? Come on. She asked for it. <laughs> oh wow! What I- Happy Mother's Day. So, Happy Mother's Day, Mom. <laughs> I. I know I emailed you my my podcast. Maybe you'll listen to this one. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. My mom stopped listening to this podcast back at episode 15. Wow. She made it to 15. When when John quit the the show, she was like, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. He was my favorite part. (laughs) Didn't you tell her he came back next week? I I did. And she was just like, oh, well, y'all were like that just really upset her, dude. She hasn't listened since. 
I understand, <laughs> man. John's my favorite part of the show, too. Sorry, Sid. Yeah, John's out with the flu right now, by the way. So thanks again to Wyatt Paints and uh, SpiderTrader.net for uh, substituting tonight. <laughs> John had an incident with some Tide Pods. You can check out that YouTube video. As soon as he's up around, he'll edit it and put it up on the mm-hmm. Facebook group. So check that out. Yeah, the, or the Magic and Hash YouTube. Um, yeah. So um, what's some of the coolest alters that you've done? Oh, uh, let's see. Probably the the time shifted border for the future shift uh, border of the original Power Nine. Those are really cool with the original art on there. And then also a lot of the custom cards. Some people ask us to ask me to make because uh, their favorite streamer, like his Trey, put their favorite streamer onto a uh, commander card and they use it, or they'll put their cat on a commander card. Silly stuff like that. Yeah, and he's gonna make that Carnage Tyrant Barney, and it's yeah, gonna we, be a now we got a masterpiece do you sell art or do you do anything other than than magic card alters uh yeah i also do like painting for like uh uh, board games uh, custom paint miniatures most familiar people would think be like uh warhammer figures and stuff like that Uh, sweet yeah do you play a lot of those games and stuff Oh, absolutely. I'm a, I love games in general, whether it was video games or like board games. So I've got a, a stupid collection of board games that I constantly have to like donate some to someone else so I can get some new games. in. <laughs> have you ever played Ninja Burger? That's like a really cool board game. I have not. That sounds amazing. Ninja Burgers. Yeah, it's a ninja fast food restaurant. Damn, that sounds cool. As That's fuck. even better than I, what I was down. thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't have a lot of like physical friends other than like whores I fuck on the side. So, you know, when I ask my side piece to come over and play a board game, it's kind of awkward. So I don't really do that often. Um, but <laughs> I do want to kind of get into more of that. I think it sh- there's some appeal to that, but. Sounds expensive, Tim. Like, you'd probably, to play Ninja Burger, you'd have to get at least four or five whores. Yeah. And that, like, (laughs) $220 an hour? Jeez, that could really add up. Yeah, well, see, I'm I'm an asshole, so they charge me more, too, so. Fuck. For sure. It's terrible. For sure. You can always pull down your pants and see if you can get a discount. And so, Wyatt. More than the Dukes and the foil proxies or the games, the Rocket League or anything like that. The number one thing that I love about the Wyatt Paint stream is the lean. So tell Uh, us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the lean, man. Like, uh, when did you start smoking, dog? uh, For me, I started smoking when I was like 16, brother. And getting through getting through life going on. Uh, some days were hard, some days were better, but when I when I discovered marijuana, things got a lot brighter, and uh, I've always been smoking it. It's led me to be the person I am today. The green demon. The function juice is uh, what he calls it. So when you're leaning, what is your preferred method of smokage? Like, what are you hitting over there? Is it a big old bong? Is it a pipe? Oh, is it a I do a small pipe. I do a small pipe because I, I think personally, if I can't just dedicate myself to the blunt, that's a waste. That's a waste of the lean. So, you know, I got a small little two hitter quitter. 
I do off on the side. I have to repack it a lot, but it does the business. So do you prefer the sativas or the indicas these days? I usually get most of the stuff I get is actually a hybrid. Um, and actually, most of the stuff down in Southern California is hybrids um, just because there's so much competition of everybody trying to get the most potent strain. You just end up getting what's the best. And they, they put it in a bag for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Give me the best. Just give me the best. So the thing is, does the best ever change or are you kind of just smoking the same shit a lot of the time? Well, it does change. I mean, there was a long time where they had a lot of the fun, fun uh, strain names, but it's gotten to the point where they don't even mean anything anymore. And they just try to put a strain name that makes it stand out from the rest. So it's like, give me that OG Luke Skywalker, that bang Yoda Kush. And I'm like, oh, okay. Even among like a specific strain, there's so much variance and stuff after it's been cloned and switched around and this and that. So it's like somebody's like, this isn't like the granddaddy purple I got, you know, down the street. So it's like, who gives a fuck what the fuck his name is? If I call it Purple Dream, you're going to be like, sweet, Purple Dream is awesome. Yeah. So I've never been to a weed store before. Can you just go in there and tell them like what you're going to do and like yeah. they just give you like be like hey man I just bought this Super Nintendo classic so I need like <laughs> some really nostalgic fucking weed like what can you do they love people like that normally people come in they're like sketched out and they're like do you want edibles this is a nice calm high this gives you this and that here this is our bud selection this is like the, this is the best smelling one we have in the shop and like you could see all the stuff like in a glass display case and shit like that and some of them have like glass jars that you can like hold and like open them up and smell the weed handle the nugs but generally they keep it like through glass and then they'll they'll like open the jar and let you smell it is kind of like the the best pre-test i think but generally they don't give a fuck what you do with it They'd be like, oh, you're going to stick it up your ass? This shit is probably the the calmest ass weed we have. Like, <laughs> they'll do whatever you want. They're just trying to sell that shit. Absolutely. Usually they're pretty fucking cool, except for when you get the dispensary that's inside of an old head shop. And so you get some of those holdovers from the head shop that insist on certain vernacular. We're like, yeah, what can I help you with today? I'm like, I, I just want to get a bong. Oh, we don't sell bongs here. We have these water pipes if you're interested. Yeah, I want a, I want a bong. Sir. <laughs> to get a dispensary, you have to go through lit- litigation, apply through, like, city council. They have to approve it. Like, all sorts of shit has to happen. So, like, those people that have been paying their taxes and have a business, it's easy for them to switch over. Easier than it is for some new guy to come and be like, yeah, I want to open up a weed store. And they're like, what? It sucks because those guys end up being like the face of legal weed. You know, they're the ones that talk to the news channels and shit like that. And they're like fucking dumbasses and don't know shit about weed. I've been selling tobacco and cigars mm-hmm. their whole life. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm so angry. <sighs> Let me smoke this purple dream. I wouldn't mind picking up, hooking it up an eighth at CVS yeah. though. They should sell weed at the grocery store. Like, you have a big scoop, and you're just like, blam. They're shoplifting. They go, wham. In the produce section. Fuck. Weed's awesome. I smoke blunts. Sid, what have you been getting into lately? What up, dog? Oh, man. You know, just a whole bunch of nothing, man, except for just grinding on that uh, MTG Arena beta. 
I'm back to playing Magic every day, which is awesome. And Mono White Vampires has been a pretty sick deck. But if I have a quest that calls for it, I bust out them Cheons. Uh, I take no pleasure in doing things like that. But, you know, sometimes it has to be done because sometimes you have to draw 15 extra cards, you know, to get your gold. What is, is Cheon? Cheon's like a white, blue control deck or what? Yeah, it turns out that uh, white, blue and Esper control is actually pretty good. And Ixalan block constructed, I guess you call it Ixalan block constructed. Yeah, they don't do block constructed anymore, but that's essentially what it is. Mm hmm. They do in the, some pro tours. They used to, yeah. They haven't done it in a long time, though. I think since uh, Journey into Nyx. Oh, I think I think pretty sure it's Journey into Nyx is the last block constructed pro tour. You know what card I'm happy to see make top eight is uh, Thalia's Lieutenant. There's a humans deck, just full on humans deck. It's sweet. Yeah, I was at the pro tour a lot. Uh, Dave Williams. Played it against Jerry Thompson, and I want to say Copy even got into the top eight because I want to say Jerry played it again and was just like he had been fucking up that humans deck all tournament with his Mardu Pyromancer deck because he's just able to grind him out and then like hit him with Blood Moon. But uh, yeah, that deck looks like it explodes, man. Uh, It's got Ether Vial, and I've also seen some variants of it that cut the Ether Vial for a collected company. So I guess it's just whatever flavor you prefer. That's what you get. Yeah, I like humans. I played that in Standard a lot. I wish I was a human, dude, but I'm an animal. (laughs) And when I'm out on the prowl, you better fucking, you know what you better do with your meat? You better wrap it up, dog, because I can smell that shit. All right. Thanks to our uh, sponsors, Comicola, and uh, what's our other sponsors? Bad Nance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Wyatt, I was wanting to do this real quick. Is it okay with you if we, you know, get a commercial with Mike for Spider Traders for the show? Because I oh, think yeah. that shit's so funny. This is Mike for Spider Traders telling you folks make sure to tune in for Magic and Hash. This is where you get the top decks and keep them fresh. And let them know you can chill with a couple of bros that knows exactly what's good for you. That dank, dank weed. Spider Mike telling you go be sure to trade on spider, spidertrader.net. And Spider Mike, my granddaddy left me a whole mess of long legs. Woo! You got a whole bag of dead long legs? Ooh, I could, buy, I could trade you so many things on spidertrader.net. The premier. Spider trading Esco site. I got some cobwebs out of a, a chick last weekend. I'm not proud about it, but I sold them on SpiderTrader.net. I made like 50 bucks. There's all types of wants and needs, and we're here to help fill them. Some some people get spider webs and cobwebs. Some people want them cobwebs. When we found you, that match. So yeah, thanks to spidertraders.net. Uh, check us out on the Patreon. Give us them duggets so we can <laughs> pay for uh, you know weed and you know magic cards and shit like that. Uh, that's patreon.com forward slash magic and hash. Go check out Waya at uh, twitch.tv forward slash Waya Paints. Go subscribe to that shit. 
Um, he's handing out them Dukes, you know, go get your Dukes up. I spent a whole bunch of Dukes today and I got some fucking sweet foil proxies. I got a foil proxy, uh, Nekusar coming. That's, uh, excellent because you know commander deck and a very young pyromancer you could get a very thirsty thirst for knowledge uh legend of zelda line of war elves or a fucking lord of the soul rings i mean this guy's got all types of shit and who knows man maybe even someday the magic and hash Waya pants exclusive carnage tyrant barney uh, <laughs> will be available to you and you know just go over there and show my boy Wyatt some love and just everybody in his network over there, Salt Daddies and Totally Trey. I mean, I don't know any of those guys. Wyatt's my boy, but, you know, they're cool, too. Check them out. Check us out on Facebook, the Magic and Hash Facebook group. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at the Sid Meister, uh, Magic underscore Timmy at Magic underscore Timmy on that. We post and shit memes and all that. Uh, yeah, that's it. I said all my things. And and my new one for all the ladies, Caged Beast 24. Uh, I put 24 so they think I'm young. Uh, at at gmail.com. Thanks for coming on, man. That was awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for having me here. Be sure to check out the stream. Hit that follow button. Hang out. Earn them dukes. Win them foils. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter. Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up. We'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out. She's a gone back to whoring. That's what I heard. She's somewhere snoring with some old rich bird. You know the things that I gave her Must have got kind of boring Last that I heard she done Gone back to whoring She's gone back to whoring This ain't her first rodeo She's making a fortune Screwing dudes she don't know I asked her, she told me Darling, it's my job To suck the chrome off a trailer hitch And suck the corn off a cop She done gone back the whoring This ain't her first time I got some loving When I'm down to my last dive She looked like an angel But my life's a wreck I go from hell straight to heaven Take a check She's gone back To whoring She's a good girl She got fishnet hoes 
Too much Jerry Curl I miss her when I'm lonesome When I'm horny real bad She ain't too cheap, Lord But she's the best that I've had Gone back to whoring. <laughs>